it's always good to give someone the benefit of the doubt. Unless you're talking to Scott, that guy sucks. You are about to enter a world that blurs the line between fact and fiction, where truth is clouded by imagination. Five stories, some are real, some are fake. Join us as we play along with a television cult classic and go beyond, beyond belief. Hello and welcome to Beyond Beyond Belief, episode number 13. I'm Jesse Chapman. Joining me are my co-hosts Chris Newth. Hey guys. Kyle Maddock. That's a fact. Tiffany Persifka. Hey there. And Mark Wahlberg. Hello. In the late 90s, there was a TV show called Beyond Belief Fact or Fiction. It featured five stories, completely defying explanation, but only some of them actually happened. At the end of the show, they would tell us which were based on real events and which were completely made up. Fast forward to 2017, you're listening to a podcast. And on this podcast, each week we watch an episode of that show and play along, discussing and making our own predictions before we find out the truth behind those stories. And you don't have to have seen the episode that we're talking about to enjoy this show. You honestly don't even have to know what Beyond Belief is. If you like strange stories, you will like this show. What did everyone think about today's episode? I loved it. We had some I good really stories in there. Creepy stuff, some weird stuff, some, well, always unbelievable stuff. But <laughs> Frakes was hidden out of the park today. Oof, there's some creepy ones in there. <laughs> <laughs> so we, Is that your creepy We should turn style? off the air conditioning. My, yeah, that's really all right, guys. Yeah, give it shaking like a bowl full of jelly. And what kind of jelly do you have? The jelly does not sound like that. You know do what? you guys feel like you have a good grasp on these stories? I don't. I no. like the stories. There are so many stories where I start off like halfway through the story and I'm like, huh. Got this one in the bag. And then by the end, I'm like, nope, <laughs> not even a little bit. I'm not sure if I even really give it too much thought about true or false until I sit down and chat with you guys about it. But to answer your question that you asked off air, right. I do a lot of times put down fact or fiction while watching it. And then so I you completely, can tell as it's on the I, TV, you're like, I know that one's fiction. I think I can tell. And then we sit down and we talk about it because I'll go in and I'll write it down and I'll be like, this is fact. And then I come in here and I'm like, huh, obviously <laughs> fiction. Right. You're just so, like... <laughs> embarrassingly scribbling (laughs) nervous laughter answer (laughs) what did you guys think about this one fact right i will say that i think i go in i do write down on my paper and more often it's like five of them and i've written all fact (laughs) oh i was gonna say (laughs) always fact i was just gonna say the exact opposite today when you know we watched the first story i wrote fiction watch the second one and then as i go down i just realized i (laughs) literally wrote fiction for all of them i don't know what to do now this one did feel so everyone was Crazy. so out there, was so Wacky. beyond belief. It was very beyond for belief. For lack of a better term. For lack of <laughs> the only term. Speaking of beyond belief, we have a podcast. I've heard, yeah. Uh, it's called Beyond Beyond Belief, in which we <laughs> dive into these stories. <laughs> Story number one is called The Mummy. That's not what a mummy sounds like. I've seen the Brendan Fraser movie. Are you saying rap, 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 rap over again? Sir, I swear I'm telling you the truth. I don't imagine things. I saw this woman, this beautiful woman, and she was floating off the floor. Sir, it was the strangest thing I ever saw. Mandy, I appreciate your sincerity and concern. Sometimes a dim lighting in the museum. No, 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 sir. I saw what I saw, and I know I saw her. Let me break down this story. In, Here, in the accents. In the ac- in, all, in all of the accents. What accents were there? There was the French accent. I think there was like an Austrian I don't one. really do good French accent. I, think I the, sound I, like Lumiere. I think Lumiere. the maid lady was like Irish or something. <laughs> yes, there was like a cleaning lady. Okay, let's, let's give you the cast of characters. <laughs> this story is about a mummy that is brought to a museum. The first night it's in the museum, the cleaning lady 
feels this kind of cold energy, turns around, and there above the sarcophagus is a woman floating. Doesn't look like a mummy, like you'd modern imagine. Day clothes. Modern day clothes. <laughs> very and then, pretty, very floaty. Very floaty. <laughs> Shop that the gap. floatiest. Yeah. yeah, she's a gap shopper. <laughs> she goes to the museum curator and says, oh my God, this is what I saw. And then the museum director is like, well, you know, the security guard told me the same thing. And it was like, that's crazy. So later that night, the curator is still there. He sees the same woman. He is drawn towards the sarcophagus. She's kind of like luring him over and notices that now the mummy's face is unwrapped and it's the same woman. Then what is explained is the guy who sold the mummy to the museum murdered somebody and hid their body in the mummy wrapping and then passed it off as though it was the mummy. And so is it possible (laughs) that a guy murdered someone Stuck it inside an old mummy sarcophagus. And then wrapped it up. Wrapped it up and then passed it off it, as to hide a murder. It is, is that so possible? bizarre to me because he is able to hide the mummy body. Yeah. Why wouldn't he just murder the girl and then hide her as well as he hid <laughs> He's the so mummy good at it. that yeah, he hid? They never find the body of <laughs> the mummy. Of the mummy. Which, granted, <laughs> is really old to probably just disintegrate it or whatnot. But those mummy wrappings are serious business. In like, fact, so <laughs> funny. In fact, like... <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if in the afterlife there's some sort of cost to coming back Chris? and like appearing as a ghost. Because here, like, hear me out. Why does the woman who was murdered get to come back and lead them to her body? But the mummy's body who was discarded, she doesn't have like the money in the afterlife bank to like physically manifest herself. She didn't have the money to get a plane ticket to come over to the museum. Well, right? also, this woman was murdered. She has unfinished business. She has to prove. What happened? Freshly dead. Whereas, right, the mummy may have died peacefully in her sleep, and I therefore mean, was laid to probably rest. Probably not. Perhaps the spirit yeah, of this mummy. Probably not. Though. Let's not forget the mummification process and the fact that she was a woman. That's after death. Yeah. Oh, it, is it after death? Absolutely. They, when they put the hot poker up your nose and rip out the. Oh, yeah. that's definitely after death. But I'm pretty, unless you did something really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like the mummy from. Yeah. You know, the I mean, I, all, all my knowledge. Is, all yeah. of my knowledge is from the movie. Although the mummy. He, he was so bad that they mummified him alive. That's yeah. what it was. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. but that so doesn't bad. normally happen. And they put the scarab. Mm-hmm. You know, got it. Got it. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Brendan Fraser's <laughs> The Mummy Podcast. <laughs> Rachel, Weiss. what do we think actually happened in this story? Yeah, what's like, going is on? it possible? The thing that is surprising to me is there's multiple witnesses. Mm-hmm. They all claim they saw the same thing. But did anyone else, as soon as there was like this cleaning lady and she just happens to be sitting there and the, then the, the ghost appears, there's a part of me as soon as I saw that where I was like, oh, they're trying to put a witness in there. It just it felt really weirdly mm-hmm. arbitrary. Is it because every time, every week you say, I need a witness in order to believe the story and then Beyond Belief is like, well, we got to throw the witness in there for Tiffany. This is one of those ones where I wrote fiction because of this like, Oh, the clean lady sees something. It just felt weird. But then as I went on, I was like, oh, this is getting so weird. Yeah. I'll tell you why it's fact. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No one's talked about this yet, but okay. I'll bring it up. I'm not afraid. If this were fiction, there's no way the writers of this show would do a mummy story without the ghost or presence of the real, like, mummy. That makes sense? It does. You, you think a writer, not gonna do a writer wouldn't do a mummy story without... They're not, the writers the, not going to do a mummy story and then have this contemporary ghost lady show up. Yeah, that doesn't. Yeah, the make Kernel of Truth sense. is literally a sarcophagus was bought in a museum. I mean, it, the Kernel and of Truth. And there was Truth, a dead body inside. Yeah. yeah, and then there happened to be it was revealed, and what probably happened is that it wasn't. It was certified in some way, but then something seemed off. They they dug deeper and they realized that 
it wasn't real. And then they took DNA or they did whatever and they saw Which that to me sounds woman. pretty plausible. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But why so. wouldn't they... I feel like it's weird that they wouldn't have a scene where the guy who sold it to him, like, we don't see him get arrested or we don't see... It's all voiceover like that. that well, well, and isn't also the, the process of certifying... They would actually, like, look at the body and they would they would do lots of tests or whatever they on would the have to do some sort of carbon date. dating or something like that to authenticate yeah. the time period yeah and maybe like the beyond belief like they would just check fabric. out the sarcophagus yeah, and be like good. well everything inside <laughs> probably checks out as well paperwork looks good yeah <laughs> it's close enough mm-hmm. let's go ahead and log our predictions first up kyle why don't you go fact or fiction i'm gonna go fiction on this one i uh I, there's just too many weird things like you were saying like how are they gonna like a museum is gonna know that if this is a freshly wrapped mm-hmm. body or something like that. And so I'm going to go fiction on this one. All right, I'll go next. The kernel of truth in this story that a murderer hid a body inside a sarcophagus is just cool. <laughs> I just think that's so fucking cool. I, I, I want that to be true. So I'm mm. going fact based just on how cool that Going is. Going with your heart. Huh? Yeah, I think so. Chris, what do you think? Fact or fiction? The, the whole it being a mummy story, but not really featuring the mummy itself. They're not going to make it up. Fact. All right, Tiffany, what do you think? God, that's just, it, it almost seems too ridiculous, but I'm actually also going to go fact. All right, Mark, uh, last up. I'm in trouble. I also think it's really cool and want it to be fact. And I think there's a kernel of truth that is very facty. Kyle, fact-ish-y. did you expect so many people to go fact? No. Yeah, you can not at all. <laughs> we, if I went last, uh, things might be different, but I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm, I made my choice. Made my choice to do it and, uh, you know, egg in your face, guys. All right. Everyone's gone fat. Kyle's gone fiction. Now, here's where we do something a little different. We're going to flip a coin. Heads is fact. Tails is fiction. And this is basically just throwing our arms up and saying, hey, are we going to actually, is all of this analysis and all of this thinking and brain power able to beat random chance? The coin is going with me today. Let's find out. Fiction. All right, the coin is voted fiction on the mummy story. Now, did this story actually happen? Is it fact? Is it fiction? The answer is going to be revealed right in a few uh, moments. You got to uh, wait to the end. Okay. Yeah, you got to wait to the know. end. No, it's already episode 13. You guys Every know time. we do it at the end. Hey, you get so excited. It could be someone's first time on the show, you know, listening for the first time. Maybe they're like, hey, why don't you tell us right now? Oh my God, welcome. If he told you right now, you might just be like, I'm good with the mummy story. You got to stick with us. All right, guys, let's move on to story number two, which is called The Perfect Record. It's late Tuesday afternoon, and Vic Purnell is training a new security guard. Sometimes it's not enough just to check the doorknob. You got to throw your whole weight against the door, make sure it's secure. Like this. Hand in hand. Yeah, there's no shortcuts in the security business, Wes. Don't move or I'll blow your brains out. This might be the first story that I've seen on Beyond Belief where I have a great reason to think it's fact and a great reason to think it's fiction. Really? Isn't that every story? I feel like uh, so many stories. Well, I don't usually have two great reasons that are competing against Let each other. Let alone one great reason. <laughs> well, after we hear what the story is, I want to know these reasons yeah, like seriously. right away. So this story is about a veteran security guard, and he has a perfect record where not one building that he's ever been you know, put in charge of has been broken into, and he's training a new security guard. 
that it's quickly revealed that this new security guard is actually a criminal and it's a whole ploy to learn all the secrets of the building. So they tie up the veteran security guard. Another person comes in and helps this criminal and they're like robbing the place. Now, our veteran security guard is seeing this all on the security cameras and he starts like focusing really hard, squinting his eyes and like light bulbs just are exploding over the criminals in completely different rooms. And then it cuts to the two criminals being arrested and they're like, oh, since those lights kept going on and off, that's why we stopped and that's how we caught these criminals. Our veteran security guard is like, yeah, that is pretty great. And then we see there's a book of telekinesis that he's been reading. So Good basically, old. is it possible that a man tied up, unable to actually be a security guard, is able to use mental powers to explode lights mm-hmm. such that the cops driving by notice, stop, apprehend the criminals and take them to jail? And the answer is no. Wait, I want to hear Chris's reasons here. If they were writing this story and if it were fiction, They would never have the telekinesis not slam the vault closed and lock them in the safe. That's a better story than the light bulbs went off and that somehow causes them to I don't know if that means it's fact or fiction, but I had that same thought. I was saying, if you have psychic powers and you can blow lights out, why can you not just lock them in the well, vault? I because that would be so like, oh, the door just accidentally closed behind them. But if he's blowing out like light bulb after light and, bulb, it's much more. Well, maybe maybe he's thing. like blowing light bulbs and then he shuts like a gate or like a door. Maybe not the vault door, but like a different door. Like okay. you could add something. But I Anything. think I think it's supposed to be like this is his first yeah time doing it. Isn't there? I mean, Chris, maybe you can answer this. But a lot of times when it comes to some of these like supernatural, like psychic sort of things, it tends to be electricity that is always the whoa, whoa, whoa! You're 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 mixing mental abilities with supernatural stuff. But for some reason, that, those I, are two very separate. For some things. reason, I no, they're, feel they're the same. Separate. I feel the same way though. I had the same reasoning when I was watching the episode. I was like. It might be that, you know, the brain is electricity. Not that I believe any of this, to be clear. But it might be that the brain is electricity and you're able to more easily affect electrical things than you would be to close a big heavy vault Well, let me ask you guys. Do you believe in telekinesis? No. No. (laughs) Mark? Oh, no. Chris? (laughs) Not really, but here's something. I I do. So, hold on. I was going to say. I do. I certainly believe that people could, thinking hard enough possibly cause something to and you shake or something in telekinesis. I, I guess i or flick a candle or something hey chris see that coke bottle right there <laughs> yeah, think, think really really now do all of us it. have the uh, ability to do it no of oh my god not. did you oh see gosh, that guys chris guys, is gone he turned into a giant coke bottle <laughs> <laughs> i'm back would this security guard go around and be like, so I was reading a book on telekinesis and then I used telekinesis to stop these criminals when obviously it's like normally it's like the police officer statements that lead to some of these stories being told or being like recorded. Yeah. Like what, who would believe him if not, Enough. if not the police in that moment, if he withholds the information, you tell me police, he runs in circle of friends that are all reading these weird stuff. And like one of them can do telepathy. One of them can do telekinesis. <laughs> They're all reading different books on different Wait, stuff. A league of extraordinary men. <laughs> Let me ask you. Kyle, they weren't gentlemen up, though. Or gentlemen. Oh, they didn't oh, okay. wear suits. They didn't have manners. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't even British. Come on. I wanted to ask oh. Kyle something that was kind of on the same subject. So I don't know, to be clear, I don't know if I believe in telekinesis or not. Okay. I guess if they're so if they're all no's and you're yes, I'm in the middle somewhere okay. where it's like I yeah, believe maybe, the, I believe maybe. the mind is capable of some really, really crazy stuff. Outside of the body. Yeah. Can you do you have examples or do you have any kind of like nope. here's an example. Telekinesis. 
<laughs> I mean, maybe is there a possibility that the colonel is just you take away all the telekinesis stuff and this guy was tied up and somehow the thing did short circuit and for some reason the short circuit of the bulbs incapacitated the Yeah, it was uh, robbers, really weird. Like, whatever. the light bulb blew and they went, oh! Uh, next thing you know, they were arrested. It was yeah. like, what? Yeah, I don't know. I do like how they didn't wear masks and the guy just blatantly, his full face just turning towards the camera being like, hey, do you like how we're robbing this while you're watching us? This is hilarious. Yeah, but they were like, going to leave the country. So that was their plan. But I also, I here's like, the thing. So here's the thing. In that moment where you're the security guard and you're on the man on the inside and you're about to rob the place, don't admit it to the other security guard. Have your plan be that the other robber comes in, puts you at gunpoint, and you're forced to walk through the building and do all the things, but make it seem like you're being, you know, doing it un- against your will. The fact that he immediately comes out and is like, boom, baby, gotcha. It's all me. I'm behind it. It's like, there's no... Does anyone... You're, you're so dumb as a criminal. It's almost like this was Aaron Paul's inspiration for, like, the first season. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Breaking yeah. Bad. Aaron Paul <laughs> slash Jim Carrey exactly. in Batman Forever. It was, a, it was a nice mix. All right, guys, let's go ahead and move on to predictions. Fact or fiction? I'll go first. Mark, you got me right at the end. I'm going fact because I think the lights could have blown. I think that that could have attracted the attention of police officers from the outside. And I think telekinesis had nothing to do with the actual truth behind this story. Tiffany, what do you think? I feel like this fault's almost a little writery to me. There wasn't a good witness. And I just feel like the telekinesis was tacked on in a way. So I'm going to go fiction. All right, Chris. I can't get over the fact that they were not locked in that safe. It's got to be fact, because they stuck to the real story. Mark, what do you think? That all sounds good. I'm going to go fact. Kyle, what do you think? Do I believe a security guard was put in a situation like that and was able to get out of it, and he happened to be reading a book on telekinesis and bragged about how he helped solve the crime through telekinesis? Yeah, fact. Come on, coin. All right, let's flip a coin. Maybe it's with Tiffany. Maybe it's with us. Fiction. There you go. Interesting. All right, guys, we've all made our predictions. Let's move on to story number three, which is called Grave Sitting. Cemetery! You guys know who's buried in that cemetery, don't you? Yeah, dead people. Lots of them. (laughs) Well, one of those dead people just happens to be Wilbur Lister. Who's he? (laughs) So the story goes. I know, I know the story. Okay. I'll give you a hundred bucks if you go sit out there on Lister's grave for two hours. This story starts off with Jonathan Frakes asking a simple question. How much money would it take for you to spend a night at a graveyard? Fifty dollars? A hundred dollars? But the <laughs> he says fifty dollars and he throws out like... Like five wads of cash. Five, like le- five wrapped. Like ten thousand. It looked like ten grand at least. <laughs> like ten grand. Like movie bundle. What happened in this story? So we have three, I think, teenagers. I mean, they look like they're in their thirties. So I'm gonna guess teenagers. <laughs> TV teenagers. Um, yeah, got TV it. Teenagers. They're in a car. It's a Friday night. There's like a cool badass couple in the front seat, and like the girl in the back seat who can't get a date every Friday night. Kind of like because he's cheating on her. Yeah, it's no, sorry. he just gets that, sick every Friday oh, night, guys. All right, sorry. some people have really bad immune systems and they just kick in towards the end of the week. Sorry, yeah. that is irrelevant to the story, but I no, just, that was pretty much important to point out. I, I felt bad. So they drive by a cemetery. Cemetery. And the douchey boyfriend's like, "Oh, that's the cemetery where." Does anyone remember his name? 
Mr. Lister. I'm not or making that up. It's like no, Will, it's like no, Wilbur, 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 Wilbur Lister. Wilbur, Wilbur Lister. Yeah, but that would be Lister. Mr. Lister. <laughs> that is so creepy. All right, so this is the cemetery where Ben Lister is buried. <laughs> it's Wilbur. He... It's Wilbur. Fuck. <laughs> so go back. Ben. <laughs> Why would so, it be Ben? So Wilbur Lester. Uh, Lister. <laughs> You're not getting the name right at all. You get okay. one right and you get one wrong. And then you swap them. One more time. Here we go. <laughs> so, Frank Marshall. <laughs> so, Wilbur Lister is buried in the cemetery and he killed like 20 people in his basement or something like that. And um, and the douchey boyfriend's like, I bet you $100, pretty much 10000 beyond belief dollars. <laughs> yeah. Um, that different, it was a different time, different yeah. currency. Right. He's like, you know, I bet you money that you can't go to Lister's gravesite and sit there and hang out there for a couple hours by yourself. And she's like, whatever, I can do it. And he's like, all right, take this giant knife that I have on me for some reason. And <laughs> That's once, not a knife. This was, is a knife. <laughs> it was a mini sword or it something. It was a Bowie knife. <laughs> he's See, like, he, take this broadsword. <laughs> and if you're able to stay there, stab it as proof. Um, that you were there and we'll pick you up and here's a cell phone and stuff. So she goes and she's hanging out there. She's kind you know, she, it's a couple hours. She starts to get a little spooked out. She hears something and it sounds a little like, you're never going to leave here. And she's Super like, creepy. whoa, what's that? Cuts to later and the friends are there and the police are there and she died and it's revealed that she stabbed the ground but she stabbed her jacket accidentally so she was pinned to the ground so she couldn't escape. So it seems like she died from fright. So is it yeah. is, is it Sorry. possible that there is this serial killer that came back from the afterlife to trap someone at his grave and basically scare her to death? I feel like why is no one looking at this boyfriend who carries around this knife in his car? If anyone would, <laughs> if anyone would have murdered her, it would have been him. Okay, like, it's obviously was, it was obviously just like a switchblade. In the real story, it was yeah, the prop house. How only does that had, even like, make sense? Like, oh, if you actually survived it, if you stabbed the ground, then I'll know you're telling the truth. So I'll give you a hundred dollars. She could have just literally stabbed the ground and when, left, and left. But it doesn't prove that you were there for like five hours or yeah. anything. Yeah. It just proves that you were there for a hot second. I feel like this is classic urban legend. Yeah, but I don't know what that means. Does that because this all has the trappings of like, yeah, we're trying to figure that out through several episodes. Yeah, do urban legends tend to be fact or fiction? Uh, So let's go back a few episodes here. And there was a episode about uh, a woman who leaves a bar and there's a guy behind her flashing his headlights and then there ends up being somebody trying to murder her in her back seat. Right. We talked a lot about how that was like an urban legend or whatnot. Yeah, totally. That story was fiction. Right, because I so, think urban legends have less to do with a kernel of truth and more to do with what's a good story and we'll make that into a legend. I agree with you. And on top of that, I think that even if urban legends originated in truth and then evolved to these tales... I don't think there's any source for urban legends. So that's like, let's say that that driver story or let's say that this graveyard story was originally based on a true story. How do you kind of like have enough credibility to to write an episode to call it fact without having a single mm-hmm. trackable source? Mm-hmm. I don't think that they would do that. I started off thinking this I, was a classic urban legend. I was like, okay, I know what this story is. And the thing that took me out of that was the knife in the jacket that kept her there. 
would like I feel like if this was a real urban legend, it would not be. Oh, she accidentally stabbed her her jacket into the ground, so she. You know, even if you did that, you would just move, and and then the knife would pop out of the ground. Yeah, yeah. or, or there. let's say that was that a big rip. knife. That was a broadsword. Let's say yeah. that there was, like was six feet in the ground. That's like ridiculous. Let's say there was a supernatural force keeping the knife in the ground. Ooh. All you'd have to do is still move quickly, and your jacket would be torn torn by the knife. True. No, in, unless your jacket, unless you were pulling against the uh, blunt end. Oh, that's. True. Take your Take jacket, jacket off. off. This one just felt kind of like, all right, we got to find a way to make her die. All right. right. Feels like we have enough information to go on. Mark, why don't you kick us off your fact or fiction? It does feel urban legendy. Um, it seems very written. So I'm going to go fiction. All right. Sounds good. Kyle? Do I believe it's possible that uh, there were a few friends and one of them uh, was found dead in a cemetery? Yeah, absolutely. Fact. All right, I'm going to go next, and I'm going to go fiction. It feels super generic. It feels very similar to the headlight story. It doesn't feel like it has the roots of truth. Roots of truth. That's a new little saying here. Chris, what do you what do you think? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go fiction. I I just don't buy it. This seems um, this seems preposterous. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, we don't Someone use big words like salted. that here. Yeah, <laughs> preposterous. Tiffany, what do you got? I, I'm going fiction Precious. purely for the knife stabbing the jacket. <laughs> I yeah. just can't get past that. Let's flip a coin. Fact. Me and the coin, man. We are right. on the same page. All right, guys. We've all made our predictions. The coin has made its prediction. Let's move on to story number four, which is called Murder on the Second Floor. What do we got? Victim is a white male, about 35 years old. The weird thing is, though... The apartment was deadbolted from the inside. Maybe the victim deadbolted it after the killer left, just to be safe. Sir? It was a bad joke, Marquez. You got any witnesses? Three of them. And you wouldn't believe what they had to say. All right, Chris, this is a little bit of a strange one. Give us a story breakdown. What happened here? Yeah, so a man was murdered in his second-story apartment. And what was weird about the crime scene is that the doors to the apartment were locked from the inside. So no one got into the apartment. Eyewitnesses of the murder claim that there was an 18-foot man who was seen standing on the ground floor strangling the guy from his outside balcony. And the lead detective shows up to the crime scene and realizes that the victim is someone who murdered his wife a year prior, but got off on a technicality. So the cop is like, you know, who really cares about this guy? He was a killer anyway. As he's investigating the scene, the cop finds a poster on the wall, and it shows that uh, the, the dead wife's brothers were part of a circus act where they would stack themselves on top of each other as acrobats yeah, a little Cirque du Soleil action right so while it's never proven the detective's theory is that the brothers became vigilante circus performers <laughs> and sought revenge on the wife's unpunished killer okay great so what we're asking ourselves right now and this is an interesting one because they really don't ever come to the conclusion. It's kind of like the detective's like, I'm piecing this together. Right. And we don't get a final, yes, we caught the, you know, it, it's not like he caught well, the Well, he's not even acrobats. trying to catch him. He just like, he's like, okay, well, good, good for them. So the question is, is it possible that a man murders a wife, gets off on a technicality, and then the brothers of the victim, the wife, 
seek revenge. I mean, but uh, do it in a really creative way. Yeah, yeah. The, to avenge yeah. the murder that was Points never, the, never uh, actually tried and like convicted. The entire time I was watching this episode, I was like. It's a guy on stilts was my first yeah, thought. Yeah, that's what I thought. Time. And then the second time I was like, is this some Princess Bride shit where Andre the Giant pushed a big dude in a she wheelbarrow? Because <laughs> that's what I was thinking this whole time. Interesting. So, I- yeah, I was thinking the stilts thing until there was a plot point, which I do not think they cleared up with the res- with the answer that they gave us, is that they had these footprints that were in the garden uh, outside oh, yeah. And the footprints were giant, like right. size 18 foot or something ridiculous. Yeah, so if the giant three, had its if own it's cobbler. three six foot tall men, I'm six foot tall myself. This thing was like three times as big as my footprint. So if it's three guy, normal guys stacked on top of each other, where, how did that footprint come in? Were they wearing like bigger shoes so they would balance better? I would, or it just that part did not make sense to me. They did not resolve that. As part of the circus, I think that they would probably include that as part. If they're doing this thing. They would steal thing, the clown shoes? They would either create their own gigantic shoes to play the part of this giant to wouldn't you throw be, people wouldn't off. Wouldn't you be even more off balance, like carrying your two brothers on your head if you had big floppy shoes? They were talented. They were circus performers. Yeah, they are talented. All right, what I found so weird about this was that there wasn't some like supernatural like was this some weird creature blah 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 I mean they blatantly pointed out oh her three brothers this was their act and so the question we're asking is did they fly from Italy to avenge their you know sister's death and I'm like is this a beyond belief story like this is just like Could they make the flight? Like, did they do this? As opposed to kind or, of like, normally it, there's something else there. But the stacking is really weird. But that, it's was their, so... that was their, like, act. Like, that doesn't seem so right. beyond belief to me. But it's the just, way that we kill weird. someone that way? The way that we discover this isn't really conclusive. It's like the detective is going through the apartment looking at paperwork, and he just sees an old, old poster, circus poster. circus poster on the wall that shows the three brothers stacked. And Called he the just, Human Tower, if I'm not mistaken. The Human Tower, exactly. And he just goes... I think I know how it all happened. It and could have really it. been an 18-foot giant, and he was just like, I thought I solved it. Or it could have been a guy on stilts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a little like non-beyond belief. Well, like, yeah, did they right? make the flight? But also, <laughs> like, well, maybe the guy died another way. Maybe the yeah. witnesses are all wrong. I don't know. So at the same time, only the top brother was the one who actually killed him. I love circus things. This is Nightwing's it is a very story. Or Robin. The Robin, yeah. Robin who becomes Nightwing. Sorry, it is yeah. a very different type of uh, story for Beyond Belief. We've, okay. We yeah, just the way that they chose to present it and the way that they, they laid it out. Normally, it's kind of like, did this happen or did this happen? And this time it was like, did the brothers commit the murder or we didn't offer another explanation? So just... Just the brothers. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Chris, what do you think? Fact or fiction? Let's go ahead and move on to predictions. I just don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think it happened. Fiction. All right. I'm going to go next. What, what is the story? All we have is a few eyewitnesses that a tall man killed somebody and then the speculations of a cop that were never proven. I'm going to go fiction as well. Kyle. <laughs> I really, really want to say fact because I love this story. Yeah. But Jesse, yeah, you're right. Like, why is the cop ever going to tell the story about how he thinks he solved the crime, but didn't actually? You know, let me tell you about this murder that I never really followed up on. Yeah, but I think I found the answer. But, you know, it was cool because uh, I didn't like the guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're fired. You're Get the fired. fuck out of here. <laughs> so I'm going to go I'm gonna go fiction, even though I really want it to be fact. Mark, what do you think? You know, maybe, I don't know. Maybe they actually did kill him. And they found out about it. And they just didn't put that. But then why wouldn't you put that? I don't know. Well, anyways, I'm going to go fact. 
All right, going with the gut. Damn Tiffany, it. what do you got? It's the whole acrobats thing. It's mm-hmm. like once you get into like the real, like what the kernel of truth would have to be of the story, that's when I start to find it ridiculous. And so while I believe that these weird random crimes happen all the time and they have bizarre facts in them that make no sense, I'm going to say fiction on this one. All right, let's flip a coin. Fiction. Oh, Mark by yourself. Damn it, Mark. I kind of want to switch over to your side. And you can't switch over, Kyle. Sorry. Good luck, Mark, on story number four. Time to move on to story number five, (laughs) which is called My Favorite Title. Is Mark staying here at story number four? Are we going on to five and he's going to stay in four? (laughs) Yeah. Good luck on story number four, Mark, (laughs) while we all move on without you. This is my favorite title to date of a story. They towed my car. Oh, yeah. They still talk about the man in the fancy suit who wandered through town looking for his car, talking to himself, and looking like he had just seen something terrible. Hey, mister. They towed my car. Well, you ain't got to cry about it. I'll help you find it. They towed my car. I heard you. This felt very much like Stephen King to me. A lot of these Beyond Belief episodes start with a really slow buildup of a story. Something really nice and, and sweet and the music and there's love and then something happens that's really weird. In this one, it starts off with a guy, well, someone else will do this. Maybe someone so, else will hey, just do their the summary. Hey, what's the summary of the story? So, it starts off with this guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> it starts off with this guy who is obviously ragged. His, his suit is ripped and torn. He's dirty. And haggard, and he's walking through this town just mumbling, they towed my car. They towed my car. They towed my car. He's trying to, like, talk to some random people. Nobody wants anything to do with him. Eventually, uh, he does get some aid from this young kid. He's like, yeah, I'll help you find your car. Let's go do it. So he goes to the garage, and uh, they ask the guy who runs the place, hey, do you, did you tow any cars today? And he goes, well, I towed one out of the river. They go to check it out. And the haggard man is beating on the trunk of the car. They told him, my car, got to get in my trunk, got to get in my trunk, got to get in my trunk. And they're like, all right, well, let's bust this thing open. So they crowbar it open. And in the trunk is a drowned man who is the same man as the haggard man. So is it possible? I love this one so much. Yeah. Is it possible that the ghost of a man led uh, townsfolk? To his body in a trunk where they probably This is kind of like the mummy it. thing, right? Well, yeah, bastard, you just took the words right out of my mouth. No. <laughs> See, we're always on the same page. Absolutely. This is the same damn story as the first story. You'll notice that when, you know, because I we've talked about this many times on the show before, but you'll notice that I base my predictions on what I know from all this TV I've watched on the paranormal. And the ghostly rule. The ghostly, ghostly rules. Rule. So ghostly rule. for the same exact reason, I believe both are true. Because I'm using the same logic. So you're thinking they're both going to be true. You're thinking yeah. they're going to tell two almost identical stories and they're both going to be the same answer? The difference with this one, though, is there isn't that much of a reliable narrator. And so what they tried to do is they had two people accounting for it. So it's like, oh, one person didn't just see it. It was two. He literally like, says, I was going to push the kid away, but I needed another yeah, witness. which <laughs> I thought was a poor add-on. Bad <laughs> judgment. End. Let's talk about this. There's a kid, an old man, that are at the tow yard. They pop the trunk of the car, and then there's a body in there, and they make up a story about it. 
Yeah. That's the base. Because nobody can say one way or the other whether yeah. their story was false yeah. or not. Right. All they would have had to do is say, I saw a guy who led me here. And then they just both say that. Now, why would people do that? People are crazy. People like to make up stories. They like to seem cool. Like, that's where a lot of stories in folklore and urban. But I was going to say, were any other people in the town? Did anyone witness it? No. Well, yeah, I mean, those two. He chatted those two old men. They were, they they were like retired. That's right. <laughs> they were retired. But how, Sorry. how easy is it for you to visualize this? Police come through and they're like, who saw the guy? And then people are just like, I saw the guy. I saw the guy. You know, I just feel like that happens in small towns. Just Mm -hmm. like weird people saying that they, they want to be a part of something. They want to feel like, oh, I was, I was there. I witnessed this thing. They all saw the guy. We saw the, I saw the guy. Yeah. We all saw the guy. Yeah. I know that. I know, I know, I, I know a guy who, We'll make up stories. He doesn't want to feel left out. It'll be like, oh, did you like that part in that movie? And he'll be like, oh, yeah, I loved it. And then you realize later on he never saw the movie. And he's he just making it up because okay, he, he wants to belong. Can I tell you something that I do as a bad habit? So sad. No, no, no. I have a similar thing where someone will say like, oh, I loved in um in like The Godfather where he says like, I'm, I'm coming after you. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. And I kind of just agree to be agreeable in the moment. And they're like, oh, wait, that wasn't that was uh that was Scarface. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, right, right, right. But then it, oh, then sure. some, but then sometimes it changes to where it's like, oh no, that's something my grandfather used to say. And then I and can't like, oh, then, I no. yeah, but I can't then be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah I know yeah. your grandfather. We hang <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Okay, so about this story, is it make it more fact or fiction when Jonathan Frakes comes up after and he goes, but it all made sense when they found out the man <laughs> had dirty dealings with the mob. Yeah, that was a twist. It's like, what? So, yeah, basically the question... <laughs> I missed that. The, the, the question is asked, he goes, like, why Why did the man even end up in his trunk at all? Maybe it has to do with the gambling debts he owed to the mafia. Yeah, and it was like, and well, it, yeah, what? that'll do it. Where did this come from? It's like, that makes me not believe it. Well, I think we have enough. Guys, what do you think? Fact or fiction? Mark, why don't you go first? I really like this one. Um, Good, Mark. I think that's great. <laughs> Look, I'm saying I really like it, and and that usually makes me I want to go fact on it. But I think this is one of those. It's so simple that it seems like a writer made it up. So I'm gonna go fiction. All right, sounds good, Tiffany. What do you got? Okay, in my gut, I actually do feel like this is fiction, but I've also said fiction three times before this, and so I'm gonna say fact. The meta. And now, no matter what the outcome is, I can feel like I'm right. Exactly, because you've hedged your bets, Kyle. So I believe the mummy and this one are the same exact story. I went fiction on the mummy, and I do not think, if this one is fiction as well, that they would allow two of the same exact made-up stories to be on the same episode. So I'm going to have to go fact on this one. Chris, what do you think? Fact or fiction? I'm going to reply right on uh, Kyle's and say... What? That's not a phrase. I'm going to piggyback on what Kyle was saying. What do you say? What do you I'm say? Gonna you're going to reply right on. <laughs> you're going to reply right on my Piggy- face. What did you say? Piggyback is a phrase. Though. Pretty back. Piggyback on my face. What is going on? My face is off. You'll limits. enjoy it. Okay. What? So do I think that two similar stories could both be fact? Yeah, sure. Fact. I'm going last, and I think this is fact. And I voted fact on the mummy, and I think I was wrong. We'll see. Let's flip a coin and find out what the coin predicts. Fiction. You know, know. I'm thinking that you're right now, too. I think that the mummy one seems like obviously written. 
here's the thing. Like, if they keep making me flip back and forth, that means they're doing their job with the show. They're so good. They're good. The show. They've been doing this It's a not easy. The show is an, an eight out of ten, I tell you what. We've had guests on, and they have failed miserably. And wow. it's like, this show is not easy to solve. We've also had a guest on uh, who... Oh, we've gotten 100%. 100%. Yeah, sure, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. She sure did. All right, guys. Coming up, we're going to reveal which stories are fact and which are fiction. Stay with us. All right, guys. So this week, we do not have an ad, but in lieu of an ad, we actually got a call-in from one of our listeners. Yeah, I'm really excited to hear what the listeners think. You have one unheard message. First unheard message sent yesterday. Uh, hi there. Hi. Just calling in as a longtime listener and uh, a new friend <laughs> of your podcast, Beyond Beyond Belief. I just love the show, and I watch every episode I like to play. And I did notice something that threw me for quite a loop. Jesse, last week you said one of the story titles was Bright Lights. That's with an S, plural. Well, honey, it was just bright light, hard T. When you are the face and the voice of something that's been aired to the public, you might just want to get your facts straight. If you happen to air this correction, which I advise you do, uh, other shows that your audience might be interested in include a YouTube channel called XBFF. Uh, I have no investment in the view count. Y'all take care. End of message. To delete this message, press 7. To- <laughs> Okay, I see exactly what's going on here. Wait, what? That is our good friend Claire calling in. She was a guest host in season two. What? Now she's calling in to say that we got one letter wrong in a title of one of the episodes instead of bright lights. She's saying it should be bright light. Who cares? This is a veiled attempt to shamelessly promote her YouTube channel, XBFF. Claire doesn't have a Southern accent. Claire doesn't have a Southern accent. She's clearly doing an accent. Yeah, I'm with Mark on this one, actually. Okay. Do you have, I mean, do you have something against Claire? It feels like you're attacking her. Wait a second. Integrity a lot. You know, he did make a comment after she was on our show and got 100% correct that he was a little upset. Well, listen. That's right. He said something like, I hate Claire. Yeah. I hate hate Claire with a hard T. <laughs> She's I mean, faking and play that play the beginning no one again. Can fake a play the beginning again. Back. Southern well, accents are among the hardest play to Play the beginning here, again. Here, Jesse and I can try to fake one. Yeah, you, let, let's let me, test right yeah, now. Okay. Uh, set the scene, Chris. Where are we? Okay, you're on a farm and it's Jesse fine. has just finished plowing the field and Mark is beating <laughs> a, a blanket on a, on, a, on a wire. <laughs> a blanket on a wire. Well, wait, you can't talk obviously when you're that far apart. So Jesse, you have to drive your tractor up to the clothesline. <laughs> Here I, here I am. Are you going to park Jesse, it? Jesse, get off the tractor. Okay, I think Chris is just like directing this weird southern pornography that he wants us to take <laughs> Why part are in. clothes off right now? It, they're on the line. They're drying. All right, here we go. Which stories were fact? Which stories were fiction? Story number one. This is the mummy. This is the one about the guy who sold a mummy, an authentic sarcophagus to a museum, but hid his murder victim in the mummy's wrappings. Kyle, you did think this was fiction. This is so fiction. Chris, Tiffany, Mark, and myself, we all think it's fact. But regret it. (laughs) But some of us might regret it. Let's find out what the truth is. If you guessed this story at the Ring of Truth, you're right. Fact. 
Kyle, you're, what you're, are you thinking? You're by yourself, Kyle. There's a there's a wow. After you all the wanted rap. to change your mind, I never no said I wanted no to change. No, I never no, said. No. We never said anything. I don't of recall the saying anything about changing my mind. Let's oh. move on to story number two. This is called Guys the are, perfect record. Now, this is the one wrapped about in the, a web of lies. <laughs> this is the one about the security guard who had a perfect record, never had a break in until one night when he did. And he was only saved by his telekinetic powers. And some Hell lights yes. flickering. Goddamn X-Men. <laughs> Chris, Mark, Kyle, and myself think this story is fact. Tiffany, you're oh, on your own. You I think know. it's fiction. But let's find out what the truth is. Did you think this story was a figment of a writer's imagination? Not this time. It happened. Fact. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yes. Oh, my God. The first God. interview so conducted by author Robert Traylons. Thank you, Robert Traylons. This is the first mention on Beyond Belief of author Robert Traylons. Mm -hmm. This is the guy that a lot of the Beyond Belief stories are based on, even ones in season one. We've never had a mention on the show before. This is a moment to notate. Are we all writing it down in our Beyond Belief diaries? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, very good. Scribble, 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 scribble. Uh, Story number three is called Grave Sitting. This is the one about the girl who agreed to a bet of $100 that she could sit on Mr. Lister's grave, and in the night, she died. Now, did this story actually happen? <laughs> Kyle, you think this actually happened? Yes. Tiffany, Chris, Mark, and myself think it's fiction. Let's find out what the truth is. Did you guess that a girl did die this way? If you did, you're wrong. This one's an urban legend. Mm. It's fiction. Urban legend? Fiction. There we whoa, go. Well, there's whoa. your answer. A ba-boom. Wow, 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 wow. Guys, we're finding out all tally. kinds of stuff in this and uh, result. Basically proving crap. when we tell urban legends... They're going to be fiction. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. The old one we thought one was fiction, and now here, and now Jonathan But Frank, how good are we at JF? spotting urban legends? Any any town teenagers. USA, teenagers, yeah. Spirit. Sexy times. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime someone's making out, urban legends. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime there's a story about a girl who has to sit in a graveyard for two hours and then stab the grave and then ends up dying out of fear, urban, urban legend. legend. All right, guys, let's go ahead and move on to story number four. This is called Murder on the Second Floor. Now, this one was the one about the three circus performers who stacked themselves on top of each other and strangled a man from a second floor balcony. Now... Mark, you think this actually happened? Sure. Okay. <laughs> Tiffany, Chris, Kyle, and myself think it's fiction. I want to believe. Let's find out what the truth is. Was this story of a revenge taken by three brothers inspired by an actual event? Yes. Oh, ah! no! Fact. I wanted to believe. I was so sure. I love this story. Please, it is so much Kyle, fun. Please, please, please find Gotta out. Gotta look that one up. Find out where this happened. This is one that we need to- Give me that book. Get a surrogate to like look through the book for oh, you. Oh, that's not bad. Okay. Hire an assistant. Hire yeah. an assistant. <laughs> Guys, we're Be looking- to them. Thanks for listening to Beyond Beyond Belief. If you are interested in being an intern and looking <laughs> through books, let's go ahead on to the fifth and final story of the night, which is called They Towed My Car. Now, as a quick- They Towed My Car. <laughs> they towed my car. As a quick recap, Tiffany, Kyle, Chris, and myself, we all think it's fact. Mark, you think it's fiction. I'm the only one. <laughs> Let's find out what the truth is. Did you think this one was a work of fiction? You're right again. We made up this one. Oh. Fiction. Oh, wait, that was only me. How? You guys suck. Kyle, your theory about one of these stories having to be fact and one fiction was correct. I just had him flip-flopped. It kind of sounds like what happened was they were like, oh, this mummy story is really cool. Let's just make our own one up like this. To trick people? Yeah, I guess. 
I mean, it worked. It worked. It fooled me. Yeah, I don't know. Just a story about just a random guy showing up in a town. Like, feels writery. Yeah. But not writery enough to guess that it was fiction. That's it. I quit. All right, guys. Let's find out what everyone's score is this week, starting at the bottom of the list and working our way up as we normally do. Kyle, one out of five correct. Guess what, sir? You tied with the coin. Hey, there you go. All right. At least the coin didn't beat me. (laughs) Next up, Tiffany. Two out of five, correct. I beat the coin. You beat the coin. Good job, Tess. Chris? Always 60. I said it in the beginning. I'll say it again. I always get 60. Always 60, Chris. Three out of five (laughs) for Chris. Three out of five for me. I also tied with Chris. And Mark? 100% 100% correct. You five out of five. Whatever, I'll take yell. it. How are you going to beat, how are we so beat this guy? Here's the problem. He Mark, won season how, one. He's going to have to tank seasons three and four for us to have any shot. Yeah, that's correct. Well, if we just do There's it by the four season. seasons of this show? <laughs> I didn't sign up for that. He quits on the spot. You just stop playing yourself off with Mark your own fake music. Mark just Mark. left the room and like walked out the front door. Thank you all for listening this week. And until next week, this is Beyond. Beyond Belief. Beyond Beyond Belief is produced by five friends living in Los Angeles. Our theme song was written for this podcast by David Russo, who composed music for the original series. Our introduction is voiced by Mark Winston. If you liked our podcast, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app tell a friend all audio clips are used strictly for educational commentary and are copyright their original creators you can send us feedback questions or share your own story that is beyond belief by visiting our website at beyondbeyondbelief.com as well as find show notes and links to us on social media and you can also buy our merchandise thanks for listening